Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. Your host, Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com, will be interviewing professionals each week that are currently working in one of the top 100 careers for 2011. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. We want to expose you to the varied and distinguished careers of our guests and to perhaps inspire you to consider following in their footsteps or better yet, blaze your own trail. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews professionals about how they came to be in the top 100 careers. This is Felicia Gopal from College Expert Talk. I want to thank everybody for joining us today and welcome you to tonight's call. Tonight we're going to be exploring one of the careers that is listed in the jobs-rated almanac as one of the top 100 careers for the next decade. I often talk about the importance of students having some idea of their college major prior to applying for college. Doing so can save families thousands of dollars a year as students take classes that move them towards graduation. Now, I agree with some of the parents out there who think that it's a lot to ask a 17-year-old pimply-faced child what they want to do for the rest of their life, but you can ensure that they have some idea what they want to do when they get their first job after college, after they graduate. And parents need to understand that college is an investment and it's your job as a parent to make sure your student is prepared. For instance, if you were to walk into your boss's office and say that you want to spend twenty to $50,000 a year while you figure out what you want to buy, he would say that you're crazy. And I would say that you are crazy as a parent to let your students go off to college and not have any idea what they're going to do. So if you're considering accounting as a major, you'll receive some valuable information tonight. My special guest is Frederick Davis. Fred is a partner in the New York office of Mitchell and Titus, LLP, a member firm of Ernst & Young Global Limited. He has over 16 years of public accounting experience specializing in servicing public companies, private foundations, and entrepreneurial businesses. Fred leads the operations for the firm's commercial tax practice. He's a certified public accountant in New York and Maryland. In addition to that, throughout his career, Fred has worked on tax engagements for commercial, entrepreneurial, and nonprofit organizations. He has served as a partner on numerous engagements for major consumer product conglomerates, insurance, banking, media, and natural gas businesses. Many of his clients have been among the Fortune 1000. Internally, Fred advises the firm's employee benefit group on tax and legislative changes that may affect the firm's clients. Prior to joining Mitchell and Titus, Fred served as a partner at the former Big Five firm, Arthur Anderson. He's a Juris Doctorate from Rutgers School of Law, a Master's of Science in Taxation from Long Island University, and a Bachelor of Business Administration and Accounting from Hofstra University. As an expert in his field, Fred has co-authored several articles for trade publications on various topics. His Articles have been featured in the Journal of Bank Taxation, among others. Furthermore, Fred has been admitted to the Bar of New York and New Jersey. Fred is a member of a number of organizations, including the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, the AICPA, and the National Association of Black Accountants. He's also a member of the New York State Society of Certified Public Accountants and serves on the Financial Instruments and Financial Transactions Committee. His external activities include 
include many different things, including vice president of programs at the Hofstra University Alumni Organization and on the board of trustees for Vision of Hope, a New Jersey community-based not-for-profit. I'd like you to have you join us in welcoming my special guest, Fred Davis. Well, good evening, everyone. First and foremost, thank you, Felicia, for saying those nice words about me. And good evening to everyone who's listening. I always like to say this is a great day to be alive and look forward to talking to Felicia about the field that I do love and participate, of course, for the last 25 years. Great. Fred, you may not know this about me, but my father was an accountant prior to retirement. Wow, that's great. (laughs) When I was picking a college major, I originally wanted to go to law school. So I pursued a degree in criminal justice, which was the closest major my college had to pre-law. However, criminal justice is really designed for people who want to become police officers, and I didn't really want to do that. So my father suggested that I take accounting classes just in case. I didn't immediately go to law school, and thank goodness that he did because for the first 10 years after I graduated, I worked as an accountant. You know, <laughs> it really just fulfilled my dad's assertion that you could always find work if you have an accounting background. So right. let me ask you, tell me a little bit about your journey to becoming an accountant. Well, it was interesting. I took a class in the 11th grade, an accounting class, and I did extremely well. And it just fit. Basically, in my class, the best student, I feel, in that class. And so I took an advanced class the next year in 12th grade. And again, things gelled. And I knew at that point in time, this was going to be my field. So going into undergrad, I decided to major from day one in accounting. So you took a class as a junior, it lit a fire for you, and then you took another class as a senior, and then you decided to just kind of pursue it into your college career. So what do you like best about being an accountant? What about that lights you up? What sorts of things do you like about that? Well, first I should say, I work, of course, for a major CPA firm, certified public accounting firm. I love basically helping my clients. My focus is more on tax. But I love helping my clients to minimize their tax liability, to plan their affairs so that tax won't be an interruption in planning their affairs. And then two, really providing advice on how people, entities, etc. should file the tax returns, report transactions that they had throughout the year, and to really focus, because most people, interesting enough, I believe, don't know much about tax. And in a lot of ways, especially accounting and tax, sometimes get frightened about accounting and tax. So when they come to rely on us, tax accountants or accountants in general, they really rely on us from soup to nuts. They rely on us to provide them with advice where they're very uncomfortable to decide on their own, well, you know, this is a debit, this is a credit, and this is what my financial should look like. So they put a lot of emphasis in us providing the advice that they can rely on and support their financials to major institutions, banks, to other investors, even to sometimes their employees who may be investors in their business also. 
So it's not just about debits and credits. It sounds like it's about a lot more. So there's this big umbrella about accounting, but there's all sorts of different aspects of it. When I was working as an accountant, I worked as a private accountant. I worked for major corporations and the accounting field. But you are on the other side of it. You are on the public accounting side. What are some of the divisions of accounting that people could conceivably pursue? You talked about taxation. There's also public accounting. What other sorts of fields might you dissect accounting into? Okay, that's a great question. Just to let you know, I started my career actually off in private. So I worked for a private organization in their tax department. And after several years, I switched over to public accounting. So there are various career paths. And I think that's a great thing about accounting. So for example, you know, you can go down the road of becoming a controller in the company, which controller basically is a person who is really the responsible person for the books and records of the company and ensuring that transactions are booked correctly and that the financial statements are reporting correctly the activities of the company. Below the controller, of course, there's various positions coming from staff accountant all the way up to controllers. And the controllers is an interesting position because in some cases, the controllers report generally directly to the CFO, the chief financial officer. In some cases, there may be someone in between them, but for the most part, they report to the chief financial officer. In some cases, the tax person or the lead tax person may report to the controller or may report directly to the CFO. So it varies in different companies. But for the most part, you always see a structure where the controller reports directly to the CFO. And when you talk about paths, one career path could be working for an organization, kind of as a staff accountant and working your way up to controller and then eventually to CFO. Another career path, of course, could be, as you mentioned, in the public accounting field. You have uh, various types of positions in the public accounting field. You have the traditional audit position, which basically is someone who goes in and audits the books and records and the financial statements of companies and gives assurance that the financial statements are prepared in accordance with the professional standards, of course. You also have, my career path has been basically through tax. You start off, again, as a tax accountant, and you move your way up through the manager ranks and to senior manager and then eventually to partner you know, at a firm. So you can go from staff to tax partner, staff to audit partner. Or what some people do, they take another route. You know, they'll go to the accounting firms, they'll work in the audit department or the tax department for a number of years, and they may switch over to the advisory service. And basically, the advisory service is kind of exactly what it says, is that you're providing advice to companies or advisory services or consulting services to companies on various aspects of their business. And so you'll see some people switch over from audit and get a nice good basis or background or education from auditing companies because that's when you really get to know more about a company. You're almost like they say peeling the onion to understand how a company operates and then you're taking that knowledge and moving it over to an advisory or consultant field to help companies also. You have you know various areas in the advisory services, but you have some areas like the risk area. You may be helping companies in terms of maybe the internal audit process. You may be helping companies with respect to all types of operational risks that they may have, helping them to identify it, benchmarking it against other companies, etc. 
the one great thing about the accounting field, it really helps you to branch out to various areas that you may be able to because you really got a good basis or background from becoming like an auditor or tax accountant early on in the years and really developed a sense of how companies operate and then are able to then decide to either take that path all the way up or make a lateral move and take another path all the way up. So the benefit that I'm hearing from you about accounting as a major is the fact that there are all sorts of different career paths for you to pursue, and you could also take that information and knowledge base and really translate it into a private practice or consulting role where you're really able to take all of the things that you learned as an accountant, as an auditor, as a tax person, and really just branch out and pursue some other opportunities. Because I think the important thing about it is many students, when they're thinking about majors, they're concerned about, I don't know if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But many people don't do whatever they graduated in for the rest of their lives. It sounds like you're kind of an unusual person in that you've stayed in the accounting field. But even within the accounting field, you've done many different things in the accounting field. Is that a fair statement? I think that is definitely a fair statement. The only thing I would say is I do believe though that a lot of people do stay in the accounting field. Some of them you know, may branch out to do other things, but then I think you see probably a good percentage of people try to stay, like especially those who go either to the public accounting or even private eventually stay to try to move up. And I think that's why people select this profession because it's a warning profession. You're compensated for what you do. The hours sometimes can get to you depending on the deadlines that you have, of course, but for the most part, it's pretty stable field. And would you agree that's probably one of the reasons why being an accountant is on the list of the top 100 careers for the next decade is because it's so stable? Or would you add anything to why you say that accounting is on the list of the top 100 careers for the next decade? I think because it's stable is definitely one. The second part of it is I think a lot of people don't realize that This field is one where you can really define what you want to do. If you look at a lot of majors, like if you say business management, well, what does that really mean? And what could you do? There's so many different career paths. Right. Whereas accounting, it's known. You can decide, you know what, I'm going to go to public accounting route. I'm going to work for a major corporation, and I'm going to move up from staff accountant and move up to controllers. There's a definite path that you can sit down, talk to people, and find out how they did it. Whereas in other fields, I think a lot of people tell you, well, that was my major, and somehow I ended up doing this. (laughs) And I I think you find that less in the accounting field. So, again, I think it goes to being a stable field, but it also goes to definitely direct paths that you can take and you can see there's a vision, a route that people have taken in the past that you know that you can do also versus some other fields. Yeah, because as I said, my major was criminal justice. I've never done anything with that. Not one thing with that ever. After I graduated, I started working as an accountant, worked my way up until assistant controller, and then I made the transition over to financial planning, and I've done that for the last 16 years. So I definitely understand what you're talking about. With accounting, there really was a very direct path that I could very easily map out at the beginning that I wanted to start here and continue to progress to get to the point where I just decided that accounting 
wasn't really a good fit for who I was, and I needed to look for something else. I liked the numbers aspect of it, but at the controller level or the assistant controller level, most of my interactions were with staff members as well as boards of directors in terms of representing my numbers were correct. Definitely, that was an aspect of the job that I didn't quite factor into it. So let me just kind of take a step back and ask you, I don't think at the time I was making a decision, I had a really clear idea of what sorts of things a accountant could do. So could you just take a minute and talk about somebody who starts as an auditor, what they might do, somebody who started on the private sector, what they might do, and just kind of map out what would be a day in the life, if you will. Okay. Well, the order, especially starting off, I believe really has a pretty exciting uh, life. And, you know, most people think that, if they start off, that they may start off, you know, making copies. <laughs> but you actually get into a nice engagement where you're on an engagement team. You attend a pre-planning meeting to plan out how the audit will take place and what's going to be entailed and the focus of this year's audit and the items to be aware of versus what was identified from the prior year. And the first thing you may get is a review of a bank reconciliation and tying out cash in a bank account or sending out confirmations to various institutions to ensure that what is reported on the financial statements is actually what is and at least being identified by, say, the banks. And so, you know, a first-year person would really learn a lot in their first year and will have, in a lot of cases, actually even direct access to people who, you know, controllers of the organization. And so they have the benefit from almost day one of having client contact immediately. And I think that's really helps the growth of an accountant, helps them in terms of, one, being detailed, because they definitely have to, because that's one of the requirements, of course, but really developing their analytics, because I think that's also important with respect to their job. And then their communication skills, because they may be talking to some pretty high-level people at a client in order to get information to complete their assignment or their job. Each day could be a pretty significant day in terms of the people that you have to interact in the job that you definitely have. And that's really the public accounting field. Now you go to a major corporation, generally your assignments are pretty much given to you, like if you started as a staff accountant. And I think the great thing about being a staff accountant and moving up also, for the most part, it's outlined exactly what you need to do, especially when you have, and some companies have month close and you have a quarterly close, and then, of course, you have a year-end close. And you'll learn a lot about the company in a really short time frame, within the year, about how the company operates, you know, what the closings mean. I mean, you may have a chance to, even as a first year, to help put together the financial statements, you know, at least a portion of it or an aspect of it also, and really learn about the company, what's driving the company, you know, what areas of revenue is really driving the company, what areas of expense does it have, the businesses that they're involved in, etc. because, again, you're in the accounting department. So most of that detail comes to you. Now, of course, you see one portion of it, but you still have a chance to talk to other people and look at the finished product at the end of the year and understand that you had a part that was played into putting these uh, financials together. So I think a lot of people don't realize that an accountant does see a lot, especially you know, in terms of the financial activities of the company and participates 
in the closings that are really important to understand you know, what the company is reporting on a quarterly basis and a yearly basis to its investors or to the public if it's a publicly traded company. Okay, so there's a lot to it, and you talked about three different aspects of it. The person needs to be detailed. They'll also learn and develop their communication skills, and you also said that it's largely about analytics. Would you say that there's any other interests or skill sets that you would expect somebody who is interested in accounting to demonstrate if they were to come and um, talk to your firm, for instance, for a job? I think they have to be enthused about what they want to do. I think the one thing our accountants have is probably a negative reputation in terms of being enthusiastic. People picture the accountants with the pencil in their ear you know, yeah. and a yeah. ruler in their hand. You know, we're beyond that. Now we use uh, computer worksheets. <laughs> so we've moved past that from the golden days. And we actually, interesting enough, try to be paperless. Everything is pretty much electronic these days. And because of the interaction we have to have with our clients, and this is in any field, if it's tax, if it's uh, auditing, or even as advisory, it clearly is the interaction with your client that helps drive your business. And so you know, we look for people that have the three skills that you mentioned and who will be enthusiastic about the position, who would love to come to work every day and obviously be an accountant. So we look for that. We don't look for the person who wants to kind of be behind closed doors and say, well, let me close my door and I'll sit at my desk all day and I'll have no interaction. You know, you send me to work, I'll do it, and then you, you send it out back to a client. You know, those days are over with. These days, we accountants have personalities now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good to know that accountants have personalities. And and that's always been my experience, of course, because, you know, I grew up with an accountant. So my dad definitely had lots of personality. So let me just ask a couple final questions. Some of the career paths we talked about, what you would expect from a prospective employee, Is there a particular time frame that it takes to be an accountant? Is there, you take all these classes and you call yourself an accountant, or is there some sort of qualification for becoming an accountant? I should say, remember, there's an accountant and there's the certified public accountant, the CPA. To be an accountant, you can go to school, generally, you know, four-year school and receive an undergrad degree in uh, accounting. But if you want to take it further, and many people do, and this is the reason why most people go to school to be an accountant, is to become a CPA, a certified public accountant. And that does have requirements. The CPA is a designation. And so all the states vary. It's like, for example, New York just changes rules. And and in order to be a certified public accountant, of course, you have to pass the certified public accountant's exam. So that's one. But then... Two, you need to have at least 150 hours of schooling. Generally, you know, most of the, your uh, credits, you, know, you have to major in accounting, of course. And what that means is usually most people have to then go and get a graduate degree. So you'll see now schools with the joint program where you receive a BBA or a BA in accounting. And after your fifth year in school, you receive 150 hours of schooling. But now also you have either an MBA or a master's in accounting. So there's an education requirement that most states now are requiring, and it's 150 versus the regular 128 or 130 hours. Is New York taking the leading edge on that, the 150, or are you starting to see that really across the nation? It's coming across the nation. It's definitely coming across the nation. 
there's generally a requirement to work in that field for a year or two. So to work in an accounting field and work for a CPA. So you can work in the field, but you have to work for a CPA and there's certain particular work or jobs that you have to do in order to get the designation as a CPA. So New York's requirement was two years and now it's went down to, to one. And the key is is working for a CPA who can sign off on particular hours that you've accumulated over time that you've worked basically for a year or two, basically training as an accountant. What of course the states are doing is ensuring the quality of the profession maintains the distinction that they've created over the years. This is a profession that you just can't go to school and earn a degree after four years and not have the practical experience and not meet the educational requirements that you will have to meet the educational requirements and get the practical experience so that you can get the designation as a CPA. And that goes towards the trust that the public has in the CPA. And so in order to ensure that we maintain that trust, the states have, of course, and I believe rightfully so, have increased the standards. It's interesting that you should say that because certainly we know that one of the things that has happened is, unfortunately, CPAs have always been held in high regard, but there's been a little bit of a black eye with some of the things that have happened in the industry, not necessarily at particular firms, but in the industry. Would you say that the changes that are kind of coming across the nation are a reaction to that? That's probably one of the many reasons why the professional standards have always increased. I believe the profession always looks to increase the public trust. And so if there's a way to look back at itself and say, well, should we increase the standards in various ways? Or is there a better way to really help train someone to become a CPA, then we need to do that. And I think part of it is the fallout a little bit of what has happened in the past. You know, the reason why Sarbanes-Oxley came into effect and the issues on Sarbanes-Oxley is to focus not only just the accountants, but also focus on companies and CEOs and CFOs and the level of trust that they also exhibit to the public. You know, it's very important. Now, the public has in them is extremely important. So making sure that we create transparency so that the public, when they do invest in the company, are confident that the firm that had reviewed their financials or had audited their financials did it at the standard that the public expects it to do. It just helps the profession overall. And so I think not only is the states were looking at that, of course, the profession itself always looks to make improvements to ensure that individuals who become CPAs have all the tools that are necessary to have that designation, CPA. Absolutely. Well, it is the gold standard. I know that when I make a recommendation, I'm generally recommending somebody who has certain designations. And when I'm looking for an accountant, I'm generally referring to somebody who has an accountant. So certainly, I think that the concept that the profession is looking to increase the public trust by requiring these additional courses and hours all works to the good because it really does increase public trust as well as professional trust from professional to professional. So let me just ask you, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us that you'd like to share with students who are interested in accounting as a potential profession? Well, I do like to say, well, first of all, Felicia, thank you for this interview. 
it brought back a lot of good memories of coming through school, I mean, even high school, and really enjoying this profession and having the chance to become a CPA and then become a partner at two firms. And I was a partner at Arthur Anderson now here at Mitchell and Titus. It's just been a very rewarding career. My final thoughts to people who may be listening or students who are looking to decide whether or not they want to be accounting majors or are accounting majors is that it's a great profession. It's one that the public is looking at it as one of trust. There's a lot of prestige to this profession. It clearly provides paths other than becoming an audit partner or a tax partner or becoming a controller or CFO. It really provides another direction because people realize that the schooling that you do have to go through and obtain and the practical experience that you do receive helps to broaden your experience in this profession and it gives you an understanding of the various industries that you may be even working in. And it helps also to help you to develop relationships that in a lot of cases are really long-lasting, meaningful relationships. So it is a great profession. It kind of took a little seat back, I think a few years back in the early 2000s, but I would say it's come roaring back. And I think that's why it is, and as Felicia, you mentioned earlier, in the top 100 future professions, there's a reason for that. And the reason is that it's stable, great background that you obtain from becoming an accountant. Again, it's actually fun. It's a fun profession. You get to meet a lot of people, great people, and really get to learn a lot of things. And so I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in this profession to really join in and see how it works. And the last thing is there's a lot of trade organizations that I'm involved in of accountants in various capacities that are also great for us to even maintain you know, our knowledge in the field because it's an ever-changing field. And that's what I think what's exciting about it also. I'm in a tax field, and it almost seems like almost every bill in Congress that gets passed, there's a tax provision to it. <laughs> so it's ever-changing. It's something that's not static. It's always something that you have to read upon and, and keep abreast of. And that's what I think makes it also look pretty exciting. You know, I really just want to add, one of the organizations that I participate in every summer is the National Association of Black Accountants, and they've got the ACAP program, the Accounting Awareness Program. And it's a great program for students who are interested in learning a little bit more about the accounting profession. So if you have the opportunity to check out the National Association of Black Accountants and the ACAP program, you'll find that not only will they take you through and introduce you to people in various different aspects of accounting, They'll bring them in. They'll give you the opportunity to talk with them on a one-on-one basis, as well as I know that they've also got scholarship opportunities that kind of fall out of that. So to learn more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website at College Funding Resource. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back to listen to more of our podcast. At College Funding Resource, you'll be able to listen for free to guests like Fred who have valuable information to share. Fred, I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight and telling me a little bit more about uh, counting as a career. And I'd like to thank all my listeners for joining us tonight, and I hope you'll join me again for the next installment of College Expert Talk podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. 
If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.